Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, I've pressed record, so away we go. Sorry, it's been a little while since the last episode. Time really does fly around here sometimes. This episode, the conversation you're going to hear, was recorded a week ago, last Monday to be precise. The date was, I can't quite remember, it was sometime in March. Um, This is hopefully going out 2nd of April. The conversation was had on the 25th of March. So last Monday, I hosted an open mic at Anise Bar, which is a restaurant bar situation near Liverpool Street Station. I was covering the open mic because we have another newer host who normally hosts, who normally runs that night, but they were away. So I was covering and the night went really well. There weren't too many performers, but the atmosphere was really good. And in this conversation, I'm talking to two people who performed together. They are Delilah Black and Buckley from the band The Life and Death. So, you're going to hear me talking to them after our open mic in Anise Bar. We're still in the bar. I think you might hear some other people talking in the background, but hopefully you can hear our conversation all right. And then I'll catch up with you a little bit more, maybe fill you in on all that's happened since I was last on here after you hear this chat. So enjoy, and I'll catch you in a bit. Press record. We're inside a knee spa. The open mic night is finished, and I'm here with the last standing soldiers of the evening. Two of our performers from earlier tonight. Cheers to you both. So, what are your names? I'm Delilah Black. I am Buckley. So, how did you two come to meet each other? Um, we came together because um, how did we meet? Through Charlotte, huh? Oh, through a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Through a mutual friend, we came together, and um, Buckley was doing music, and I was doing music. So that's how we got to know each other. It just made sense to combine yeah. forces. That's right. Yeah. So when did you start doing music, Delilah? Well, I was in a high school band um, when I was a kid, so I've always been doing music. Um, not always professionally, but I've always been doing music, and I've always loved doing music. Always had an interest in like always some had sort an of interest, and always was singing or playing something or writing something, or just like always had an interest. Yeah. So when did did your interest in music bring you to London? Oh, well, because I had this boyfriend who, um... <laughs> Is that right? Let it all out. It's all, we're all friends here. Uh, well, I had this boyfriend. It was, well, I came from a very sheltered background, and he happened to have some David Bowie music, and I didn't really know who David Bowie was. I heard some songs that I liked, but I didn't know that it was David Bowie. And then I heard all of this Bowie music, and then that was it for me. So that was it that I started. When he led you back to London? Well, I knew that Bowie was from London and that these other like really good musicians like Freddie Mercury, I love Freddie Mercury as well, and he was from England, so I thought, well, I have to come to England because I guess that's where these, you know, that's where it all happens. Yeah, yeah. So how long have you been in England? Oh, I'd rather not say. So where had you come here from? Um, I came from New York, but my family is in Miami now. Do you still visit from time to time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, still Does London back. feel like home for you? Definitely, yeah. This is definitely home. I, I, I wouldn't want to go back now, no. So you're smitten. It lived up to your expectations. No, London is great. I love London. London's my kind of town. No, this is, yeah, I love London. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. So Buckley, what about you? What's your story? How did you come to be in London? I'm from London. Born and raised? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I was actually born in Cambridge, but my dad was, uh, my mum and dad were there. My dad was studying at the time. That was a long time ago, but they, uh, 
They're originally from East London. Oh, always. I've been playing in bands since I was 16 years old. So, yeah. Do you remember what it was that first turned you wanted wanted to be in a band? Hmm. I liked um, rock and roll music and then rebellious music. I remember seeing Iron Maiden play on top of the pops when I was about 11 years old and saying, I like that. <laughs> and then I found my way from there. So you both make music in London, is that fair to say? Yes. So what are your most recent musical pursuits? What are you up to in the world of music these days? What about with you, Delilah? Well, we just actually started working together last week. You and Buckley? Yeah. So um, what we're doing now is doing these wonderful open mic gigs and um, what what we're hoping to do is to get more into sort of like the Americana country sort of vibe of things and that's you know that's the direction that I'm heading with and I like people like kind of like the Jack White that kind of thing um, Angel Olsen and that kind of stuff is that that's the direction that I want to go in so you working on original material oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so I write and compose and I play ukulele and I do folk clubs sometimes where I like traditional music and I like also island music that's quite traditional as well because I'm from the Caribbean originally so yeah so there's a lot being mixed into the melting pot yeah yeah well it's all it's all related I think it's all related have so, you been yeah. working on your own music for a while is it a more recent thing you started doing well I've always always worked on my own stuff um, you know from the time I started doing music I've always written um, I used to sing in a band um, a while back as well so I've always I mean I've always done my own stuff because, yeah. So this is just the latest implementation? Yeah, this is just a, a new project to do. So, you know, I've got to keep busy. So this is like my, my newest project. And, um, and, and again, I'm writing my own material as well. Yeah. Is there anywhere online that we can follow along and see how it's going? Yep, you can find me on SoundCloud. Um, so it's Delilah Black, no H, D-E-L-I-L-A, Delilah, no H, Black. Um, I'm also on Instagram, on you can Facebook me as well. Um, what's the other one? Twitter as well. And it's all Delilah Black with no H. So yeah. Is it just Delilah Black one word? Is there a, a space? Is there? If you Google Delilah Black without okay. the, H, without the H, H, I will come up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Thank you, Delilah. Thank you very much. And Buckley, what about you? What are you up to in the world of music these days? Well, I'm very much enjoying doing all of this with Delilah. I do as have, I. As have, I. have another band called The Life and Death, which is my band where I Excellent. hack away a guitar and sing. We've got quite a good band together, but it's um, this is uh, all coming together great. So. So is there anywhere online people can keep up with the, the Buckley story? Yeah, well, the, the Life and Death, you can find us on thelifeanddeath.net. It's the best place to find us, everything's there. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having us, Roy, tonight. Yeah, Thank you very much for coming down. It. You were fantastic. And I look forward to seeing you both again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that was that. Thank you very much to Delilah Black. Without the H, Delilah Black and Buckley for talking to me after the night and for playing that night. Like I said, it was a really fun night, not too busy with performers, but the atmosphere in the room was upheld throughout the night. So thank you to everyone that played. Thank you in particular to Amanda, who is the person responsible for us being in that venue in the first place. We were in the Anise bar last year. I think there's some episodes I recorded from there. 
which is around the time of the World Cup. By the way, side note, I should really pay attention to when I put the first episode of this up, because I think my one-year anniversary might be coming up. I might have missed it. I honestly don't know. So I should probably look into that. But yeah, thank you, Amanda, for getting us into that venue in the first place, for bringing us back this year. That's the episode, the conversation you just heard was recorded while Amanda was celebrating her leaving of Anise Bar. And I think by the time I put this on the internet, she will not be in the country, I don't think. So thank you very much, Amanda, wherever you are, if you ever get to listen to this. We're very grateful that you brought us to the Anise Bar. Yeah, so it's been a week already since the last episode went up. Since then, I have had my first rehearsal for my music. Loads of Japanese bands has had a rehearsal. And it feels so good to be able to say that out loud. I played with Felix, who's been on the podcast before on guitar, and Sean, who's been on the pod, who was on the last episode, actually, who played bass. We have a drummer. His name is James. He has yet to join us. Hopefully next week he will do so. And I think I might try to record a podcast with all four of us when that happens. So as far as I'm concerned, April is all about rehearsals. May, I want to start playing shows. And it's really dawning on me. I just listened to an episode of the podcast, The Future of What, which is a really good podcast to get a better understanding of the music industry as in in bare bones terms, rather than this big, uh, rather than this big concept to get your head around. It breaks it down to brass tacks, the nuts and bolts of it all. So it's a lot easier to digest. I'm really mixing up my metaphors here. Just go with me on it. It's a really good podcast. I highly recommend it. The Future of What. I listened to their episode from the 8th of March where they try to demystify the idea of A&R, which typically stands for artist and repertoire. These would be the people in a record label who would look for new artists to sign to the label. And in one of the conversations from that episode, I can't remember who, but someone mentions how They want artists to be aware that what it is they want to do is a job. A a lot of everybody wants to be a rock star. A lot of people want to make it to the top. But some people have this attitude that once they get signed, that's it. They can lean back, relax in the limousines and fancy hotels and private jets will just come rolling their way. When in reality, when you get signed to a label, often that's when the work starts. That's ground zero. Now you have a team to support you, but you've really got to start putting in those hours. And even more so, before a label or anyone will look at you, they want to see that you already have that work ethic, that you're already putting the work in, and that they can just help to accelerate the pace and to keep that work going. There's this classic anecdote from Chris Rock that comes to mind, which I'm sure I've mentioned on this podcast a thousand times before where he says, I think he's talking about something that happened to him or he's talking about a story he heard. Either way, he's talking about how he was in a car, it broke down on the side of the road while waiting for any kind of repair service to show up. He was trying to flag down any passing cars to help him, I think, change a tyre or to move the car something, I don't know. But while the car was stuck and he was trying to flag down passers-by, no one stopped to help him. But once he started trying to push his car himself... Then people pulled over and said, hey, do you need a hand? People want to help someone who's already trying to help themselves. I might be phrasing that incorrectly, but I hope you get the gist of it. And that's the case with music. That's the case with any industry. And that's the fact that I need to really come to terms with. Now that I have other people 
that want that are willing to play my music with me on stage. Rehearsals cost money, both well, rehearsals cost both financially and time and energy, etc., etc. So I really want to get to some sort of money-making part of all this as quickly as possible. Which means I remember back when I was learning to drive, my friends and I we all were somewhat competing who could get their driver's license with the fewest lessons because drives, driving lessons cost money. So you, I think I did it in. I know I got eight minors. I think I got eight minor infractions, which means you still pass. And I want to, I want to say I did it in eight lessons, but I don't know if that's quite correct. But either way, you wanted to do it as quickly as possible because that costs money. So the quicker you can get to passing, the less money you have to spend. That's my attitude now with wanting to play a show. The quicker I can get to the, the point where my band and I are ready to play a show, the better. Which means I have to look at what's the most efficient way to teach other people my songs. Whether it's getting together in rehearsals, I bought these magic whiteboards, which are whiteboards on a reel, kind of like cling film or kitchen foil. You tear off a sheet and it sticks to pretty much any wall without sellotape, without blue tack. This is not a sponsored episode, though. If they do want to sponsor me, step right up. But I use that to write down, you know, verse, chorus, and the different chord changes, etc. And it worked a treat. That's the type of thinking I have to actively engage. I think there's this stereotype that when it comes to making music, it's a fun hobby, and maybe I guess we got popular, and I guess we've got signed to a label, and all these things have kind of happened. Whereas I'm much more of the no, I actively want these things to happen, so I have to work towards them. So I, <laughs> the first hurdle I need to actually overcome is writing out guitar tabs and bass tabs and maybe even drum tabs, I don't know, for my songs just to aid the process of learning because us getting together is very expensive. If I can try and keep the wheels turning while we are apart, that's where I have to put my efforts. I also need to re-up my efforts in promoting the open mics. We now have an open mic night every night of the week this week we'll have our first open mic on a Thursday at a place called The Nelsons in Hoxton, which is right near the rehearsal studio that I've used most often, which is called, I can't remember, I'm going to try and find it on my phone while I record this, but it's all in the Hoxton area, right near Hoxton Overground Station. So we've got a new open mic starting on Thursday, in fact today I need to head to that venue to make sure that equipment has arrived and it's all working properly, meet the people who are there and so on. So things are happening. But I just need to take the wheel and really make it happen, happen the way I want it to. I I know I when I came back to this podcast most recently, I can't remember which episode it was. Oh, by the way, I first met Buckley at the gig where I saw Juliet and Nanette. Do I remember what episode that was? No. No, I don't remember what episode that was. I think it was in the 130s, but <laughs> it's just been so many. I thought I'd put that out there. I had a, so it was episode 128 when I went to see Julia and Annette play at the library. Julia introduced me to Buckley and we got to talking. And he was telling me about his history with his band and, you know, the the trials and tribulations of getting people together to play shows and so on. It was a really interesting chat. And I did, again, as I often do these days, think, should I record this? But there wasn't time and I just enjoyed talking to him. So it was great to catch up with him again and to actually get something on for the podcast. So I look forward to the next time we cross paths, and I look forward to seeing his band play. Hey, maybe our bands will play the same bill. Who knows? So when I last returned to this podcast, which I guess was episode 129? I don't know. Let's see. If I look at the dates, episode 129 was the 4th of March. 135th, 6th, 7th, 7th. No, 
Maybe episode 134, which is the 22nd of March. Maybe that comeback. I talked... Oh, no, no, no. I think it was episode 129 with Mean Caesar and Alana. I was talking about having to recalibrate my motivation for doing this podcast in the first place. How I got carried away with thinking, oh, this is such a cool idea. I'm sure to build up a following instantly, have thousands of listeners and just a bit like I've just said about how some artists think once they sign to a label, that's it. The hard part's over. Now they're on easy street. And I very much found that isn't the case with this podcast. And that's what really pulled the plug on my motivation. Bigger gaps started happening between episodes. And then I took a few months off looking at my list of episodes. Episode 127 was the 2nd of October last year. Episode 128 was the 1st of February this year. That's a bit of a gap considering this is supposed to be a daily podcast. But my new goal is just this is a, a chronicle, a diary, if you will, for me personally to keep track of who I'm It helps me to keep track of what I'm doing so I don't fall into procrastination. It helps me get over my anxieties when it comes to approaching new people and talking to them. And it helps to, I don't know, build a narrative around what it is that I'm doing. Because now I'm thinking, if I get this band together and want to play a show, if I start knocking on the doors of promoters, I'm just one of a field of people all trying to get a show at your venue. But if I'm that guy you spoke to on the podcast... It's, oh yeah, I remember you. Okay, let me see what dates I've got maybe to get you a show. I'm not saying that will definitely happen, but having this podcast definitely can't hurt. So that's part of... I don't know where I was going with this whole tangent. I don't know. Thank you for (laughs) listening. Whenever I find myself getting into that mind space of, wait, what was I talking about? That always seems like a good indication to call it a day on that episode and pick up where I left off on the next one. Thank you for listening. Oh, I also, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but I listen to every single episode, well, not every single episode, but every episode on Spotify of the New York Times podcast, which is a really interesting podcast and one I also recommend. The Future of What and the New York Times podcast. And I also listen to the Hilo. Who doesn't at this point? Anyway, that's enough for me. Oh, and congrats to Heavy Heart, who just released a new single which is called, again, I'm dialing up the phone. Come on, let's let's switch it on here. It's called Dowsabel, D-O-W-S-A-B-E-L. I think they're the most recent band I spoke to, and I sent them an email saying thank you very much, and they just got back to me saying thanks for the conversation. So we've been a bit busy because we just released a single, which, yes, I can see. You know who else released a single? Skeletons, who have a poster up in the rehearsal studios I go to, which I just remembered I forgot to find. What is that rehearsal studio called? It starts with a K. It's right near Hoxton. Caffrey. Caffrey Studios on Laburnum Street. That's where I tend to rehearse. And in the rehearsal space, they have posters up for a gig by Skeletons. Who, again, have been on the podcast. Ugh, I don't know what episode. Just search Saddest Night Out. Skeletons. Skeletons with a Z, though. Z. Skeleton. Z. They've got a single out called Got To Be Right. I think that is the name. I've got it saved on my podcast. My podcast on my playlist for 2019 which is just every song that kind of makes it go ah oh, i add it straight to the playlist and there's yeah got to be right it's really good like really well produced i'm impressed i mean it sounded great live but there's always that slight it sounds good live but will they be able to capture it on record and they absolutely do so congrats to them now i'm definitely rambling so thank you very much for listening i'll hopefully catch you on 
the next episode tomorrow. But if not, look after yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you. Take care.